Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Holy Moses, did you hear that Tony Bobolinsky interview last night on Tucker? You know, I know we already know Joe Biden is the most corrupt president easily in United States history. But there were some interesting revelations out of that last night. Tony Bobolinsky was one of Hunter Biden's business partners. We got some pretty mind-blowing stuff in another segment on probably one of the greatest fact-checker fails you will ever see in your life by the infamous Jacob Reyes of Maria Bartiromo fame on that one. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Privacy, it's a right, not a privilege. Protect it. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. I've got that. I've got the New York Times getting cold busted, trying to cover up a story involving elections, and then the next day having to embarrassingly faceplant and do a 180. Loaded show today. Hey, does it make sense that the company who controls half of online retail also passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home? What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches and gets to track everything you do on your smartphone? Big tech profits by exploiting your personal data. It's time to put an important layer of protection between your online activity and these tech juggernauts. That's why I use ExpressVPN. You should too. Sadly, every site you video, you watch, uh, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send is tracked and data mined. When you run ExpressVPN in your device, the software hides your IP address, making your activity harder to trace and then sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers on your network. It doesn't slow your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN by Mashable and TechRadar. Download the app on your phone or computer today. Tap one button, boom, and you're protected. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust and use. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. All right, Joseph, let's go. All right. By the way, just a quick side note. Uh, I got a scan back yesterday. It was Excellent. So thank you all for your concern. I deeply appreciate it. I I, you all are really fantastic people. I know I told you I had a fast for a a pet and a pet scan and I got it and it came back. So thank you, Dr. Uh, Nick Iannotti and the radiologist for reading that. You guys are really fantastic. So I was I really had a rough day yesterday while I was recording the show. I didn't let on, but I was kind of kind of a little nervous. We're good. Knock on wood. God willing, let's hope it stays that way. But uh, thanks for all your, your questions. I appreciate it. I got a lot of your messages on Facebook and elsewhere. Okay, let's get right into this. No more time for that stuff. We need to get into the material. Tony Bobolinsky, partner to Hunter and uh, Joe Biden, uh, is now talking again after the election. Did an interview on Tucker Carlson last night. And another, to call it deeply disturbing revelation about the FBI, is probably understatement of the year. He talks this is an update since he spoke before the election and the media did its best to squash the Tony Bobolinsky story. Keep in mind, again, he's a business partner of the Bidens. Nobody knows the Bidens better than this guy. Literally a business partner. It's not figurative, okay? He's like, these guys defrauded me. They are taking money from China and a Chinese Communist Party connected company. Here he is. In cut one from the interview last night, I got three cuts. I'm going to give you, it was a really astounding interview. Tucker won basically the whole hour. But these are the three uh, big takeaways. He talks about after he gave the interview pre-election about Biden corruption, he goes in to talk to the FBI. And the guy they assigned to the case is Timothy Tebow. Timothy Tebow. You remember Timothy Tebow? I'll show you who he is in a minute. The guy who put up social media posts attacking Donald Trump. 
You think that was by accident? They're like, hey, uh, you don't like Donald Trump and your social media posts? Maybe you should run point on this thing. Here's Tony Bobolinsky talking about what happened after this anti-Trump guy at the FBI got a hold of his information about Biden family corruption and what he did with it, or better off, what he didn't do with it. Check this out. The head of station uh, told my lawyers, listen, an individual named Tim Tebow is going to run point on all of this. We're definitely going to have Tony come back in for a follow-up interview. Could be as early as next week. Some of the people that were in the room weren't well-versed on all these facts. We may want to have people come in from Baltimore or Delaware. And, you know, I was ready to sit down with anybody that needed me to or travel wherever I wanted to. And um, and so the head of station gave my lawyers um, Tim Tebow's cell phone number. Tim was not there that day. I think he was out of Washington, D.C. But my lawyers had an hour, hour and a half call with him that Friday night, October 23rd, and subsequent calls through the weekend and the following week when I was then coming on um, your show to uh, provide the facts to the American people. And um, they were supposed to be working a follow-up interview. And Tim Tebow, in his last discussion with my legal counsel, was, listen, we know Tony's cooperating. We appreciate all the information he's provided. Uh, we will follow up with you. We're definitely going to have him come in uh, for a follow-up interview or spend some more time on this. And um, I haven't heard from him since. At all? No. Nor have my lawyers. No communication whatsoever? No. Since before the 2020 election? Correct. It's shocking. Uh, shocking, yeah. That would be one adjective, yeah. Tell us about Tim Tebow. Um, I didn't interact with him. My lawyers right. did. Can this get any worse for the FBI? Where every day I think we've hit rock bottom and we break through the basement and we start to get to the mantle and the core uh, uh, to the point where we're popping out of the other side of the earth. If we're going from um, Florida, where, where would we wind up? Around uh, North Indonesia or something on the other side? Where would we come out? <laughs> so the FBI assigns an anti-Trump guy to an investigation about Trump's opponent, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who is a candidate for president, now president of the United States, it's alleged that him and his son are involved in an international corruption scheme getting payoffs from the Chinese Communist Party, our nuclear-powered enemy that could destroy or play a role in destroying the United States of America. The FBI has no time for that. They do, however, have time to raid the home at gunpoint of a pro-life activist for a misdemeanor assault charge already dismissed by local authorities. The organization is totally, completely broken. I can't say this enough. The FBI, we need to stop dilly-dallying and dicking around, needs to be disbanded. It serves no legitimate purpose anymore. The mission can be accomplished by agencies who don't politically target political opponents of the administration, and any good agents that are left can be dispersed to other entities with no loss in income. The agency is an international embarrassment. They put an anti-Trump guy in charge. You didn't see that the optics of this would be bad. And then he does what with potentially the biggest case of presidential corruption in U.S. history? He does zero. Here's Timothy Tebow, New York Post. FBI agent Timothy Tebow hid intel from the whistleblowers on Hunter and the big guy Joe Biden. He conveniently retired from the FBI last week. This article was written in September 2022, by the way. Amid an investigation by the special counsel into his anti-Trump social media posts. And after allegations, he buried Hunter Biden material that would have damaged Joe's candidacy. It's, 
Folks, again, we're in the mantle, the core, the crust. I mean, the basement of corruption, the entity, the FBI needs to be disbanded. There's no tinkering around the edges anymore. Enough of this. What else do you need to hear? How many more people who are conservatives are going to be raided by this failed, failed embarrassment of an agency while Hunter Biden and his dad are protected like a bunch of bouncers by the FBI before you realize not a damn thing is going to change? The interview got worse. More, I mean, really, you'd think to yourself, that's, that's got to be it. No, it got worse. Here's Bob Alinsky again talking about how Facebook squashed the story of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden allegedly taking payoffs from a Chinese Communist Party-connected company selling their influence. Facebook, of course, squashed the story, and so did Twitter. They both reduced distribution. Twitter outright banned it and banned the New York Post for reporting on it because Twitter's thankfully changing management apparently soon. Congratulations to Elon. I hope he can clean that mess up. But here's Bob Alinsky showing you again what fraud's fake book is. Fake book, the company, is a joke. It's an embarrassing joke. Andy Stone, who is a known Democrat operative who runs Facebook's comms department or whatever he does over there, he's the one who said they were reducing distribution of this story to interfere in an election, help Joe Biden get elected. Tony Bobolinsky says, hey, I had the metadata. I had the emails proving the story was real. Well, what happened? Did Facebook reach out? Here's his answer. Mark Zuckerberg just casually said, oh, yeah, the FBI came to us and warned us of a dump. So when the New York Post ran their article, um, uh, individual named Andy Stone uh, stepped in. I think he runs their uh, um, compliance or fact checking department and uh, and throttled down the fact pattern. The interesting thing with that, Tucker, is Andy Stone never reached out to me. He never called my lawyers. My email address was there. I'm easy to get a hold of. Facebook never reached out to me and said, hey, Tony, we see that this email that the New York Post just published to you. Is it real? Can you produce the email to us? Within five minutes, if Twitter, Facebook, anybody else had reached out, I would have produced the email with everyone wants to talk about the metadata. Oh, the you know, the emails that are being produced don't have any metadata. I would have given them the metadata that's pages along on that email that uh that the New York Post published. So much for due diligence. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Well said. Due diligence, man. All they had to do was ask the guy, is this real? You got 33 days to an election, folks. I'm going to just hammer this. I'm I'm hoping it, it doesn't drive you crazy. But you have 33 days to vote. Is it going to fix everything? No. May it stop the bleeding temporarily? I think so. And in a world of marginal choices, I'll take option two. More bombshells in the interview. Facebook never reaches out. The FBI puts an anti-Trumper in charge and then buries the investigation. Here's Bob Alinsky. By the way, you can expect almost zero coverage in the mainstream media of only the biggest presidential scandal in American history. Tony Bob allegations that the commander-in-chief is in hock to China from illicit payments. Kind of serious. Here's Bob Alinsky, and here's the last cut from the interview. There's a lot of stuff. I encourage you to watch the whole thing. But here's Tony Bob Alinsky telling Tucker Carlson that if you're under the illusion here that this was a Hunter Biden operation and that Joe Biden, our corrupt, grotesque American president, 
who's now marching towards senility faster than any human being I've seen in a position of power like that, right? If you're under the illusion that it was only a Hunter Biden thing and Joe was disconnected from it, do you think the fact checkers would clean this up after Tony Bobolinsky, the business partner's revelations, where he said this about Joe Biden being the chairman of Biden Corruption Inc.? Take a look. I call it the Biden family because, as you know, it's been well, well, I say well documented. You well documented it. But I met with Joe multiple times. Yes. And now subsequent to the election, he's now the sitting president of the United States. But there are hundreds of data points that Joe Biden was acting in. Uh, in a capitalistic term, I would say the chairman, the chairman of J.P. Morgan doesn't take eight meetings down with the people, you know, analyzing companies. The chairman serves a purpose, right? He's a figurehead. He shows up in meetings, shakes hands, advises, you know, has faith in his team. Effectively, that was Joe Biden's role in the Biden family business ventures and uh, around the world. And not just my venture. I met with him uh, um, multiple times. Again, in a sane world, this would be the biggest corruption story uh, involving the United States president in American history. If the story was about Donald Trump and uh, Don Trump Jr. and Donald Trump Sr., our former president, if it was about those two taking money from the Chinese Communist Party for influence peddling, of course, they'd both be in prison right now. They'd be in handcuffs hanging by their toenails right now. But because it's Joe Biden and hierarchy matters, they don't care about the hypocrisy. Can't say it enough. And they're empowered. They don't care at all. They care about maintaining power. That's it. Easily the biggest presidential scandal in American history. Now, you think the fact checkers would be all over this now. But of course, fact checkers are just a bunch of douche canoes. They don't care about a damn thing, especially when it involves facts. Um, they're nothing more than political bouncers and operatives for the left. People with no dignity or credibility. Their families must be horrified that they spawn such losers. Now, when I say fact checkers, where are the fact checkers? The fact checkers could have influenced the course of an election by telling the American people the truth. When Joe Biden said this about the debate uh, and the second debate with Donald Trump about his son's business dealings. Now that we know the business partner has email data indicating this entire thing is a lie. That Hunter Biden was dealing with CEFC, this Chinese Communist Party connected company, and the dad knew about it and was involved. Where were the fact checkers when Biden said this? My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. OK, that's just an outright lie. Now, if fact checkers were actually checking facts and weren't, again, disgraced human beings eager to kiss the ass of the Democrat Party, we'd have a different country right now where gas wouldn't be $75 a gallon, where people wouldn't be flooding across the border by hundreds of thousands a month. We'd have a different country. What are fact checkers really up to? Well, embarrassingly enough, they're trying to attack, as I said, again, Ron DeSantis for the botched evacuation that was not botched. They can't stop. So we're going to humiliate them and poke fun at them and use them to help Ron DeSantis win by an even bigger margin. Now, there are, again, in the realm of incompetent buffoons fact-checking, it's hard to rate them between Kircher, Bill McCarthy, and this guy, Jakob Reyes. It's really different. And Lewis Jacobson's up there, too. Reyes, I think, is the dumbest. I really do. I think he's the dumbest. Uh, the other two, I think, are the most malicious. This guy almost gets a pass on Mouse because I really think he's a moron who's just misled. So here's a PolitiFact fact check 
they pull on Ron DeSantis. Again, about this evacuation that almost nobody was calling for 72 hours out because the counties were largely out of the cone. You don't evacuate counties that are not expected to be hit. Here's this fact check. This is like Jacobreus again, who, I mean, the king of the clowns at PolitiFact. So Ron DeSantis said yesterday, or October 2nd, I should say, a couple of days ago, Lee County, Florida wasn't even in the cone of Hurricane Ian 72 hours before landfall. They rate that mostly false. Uh, folks, it's mostly true. Here's Jacob Reyes, again, the easily probably the dumbest person at PolitiFact. I'll show you why in a second. It was largely out of the cone. There was a sliver of it 72 hours out. The thing was expected to hit Tampa. Jacob Reyes knows that. He's just one of the dumbest human beings involved anywhere in pseudo-journalism. But I want you to notice something I caught this morning. Fascinating how he fact-checks Ron DeSantis as mostly false. Meanwhile, the statement's mostly true. And notice what he writes in his piece because he's a moron. He's Jacob Reyes. Federal officials echoed the comments from state officials. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell made a claim about Lee County that was similar to DeSantis on an October 2nd appearance on ABC This Week. We reviewed eight advisories from the National Hurricane Center three days before Ian made landfall, and most of Lee County was not within the forecasted path three days before landfall. What? What, what the hell is this? I, Come Joe, on, dude. I, it's okay. Again, the Birdwell, two days in a row. My man! The verdict is in. Jacob Reyes is a moron. So two points on this. Number one, he completely refutes his own fact check. Again, get to that in a second, in his own piece, because he's Jacob Reyes, one of the single dumbest human beings, again, to ever be involved in pseudo-journalism. The second point is really weird how he fact checks DeSantis, says it's mostly false on a statement that's mostly true. And then when the FEMA administrator under Joe Biden says the exact same thing, She's left out of the mostly false headline analysis. We take, we take that, that back. back. There, there is, is no, no penalty, penalty for this, this much, much stupid, stupid on the field. <laughs> we got to get you like a black and white jersey. <laughs> oh, here's Jacob Reyes, by the way. Um, you know, because I always back things up with actual, I'm an actual fact checker unlike Jacob Reyes. Again, the dumbest person you are going to find in the fact checking space. Remember this fact check he did on Maria Bartiromo? He says it's mostly false that Maria Bartiromo said we've doubled our oil imports from Russia in the last year. If you read the fact check, he goes down and says, quote, the U.S. more than doubled its crude oil imports from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Dan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, dude, I know. This is what they're, you think they'd fact check Joe Biden on his claim his son made no money uh, from China? Yeah, of course not. They're too busy uh, humiliating themselves. Folks. Really, you think these these people, obviously, they have parents. You think they look at their kids and they're proud that this is who they've become? Sycophantic, ass-kissing losers advertising their own stupidity in politifarce pieces? Let me just show you quick. This is why they hate Ron DeSantis, by the way. DeSantis has shown tremendous leadership down here in Florida. Listen, I, I, unlike Jacob Reyes, I don't put on an act here for you, okay? Uh, I, I'm an opinion reporter here. I report, but I give my opinion. Okay. I'm a conservative. It's hard for me to be 
candidly objective around Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. I try, I try, I do my best, but not going to lie to you, it's difficult. I have an allegiance to conservative values, and I think they represent them well. But I'm telling you in the most objective way possible that he's done a fantastic job down here in a really horrible situation. Power's starting to come back on. There's still a lot of people out. It's a really difficult situation. There were some missteps made, no doubt. But overall, he's done an amazing job. And they hate him because he's strong. And he gives press conferences and he says things like this. We've had four looters that were arrested, uh, I guess, a couple days ago. And, and they need to be brought to justice. And we're not going to tolerate it. But, you know, three of the four are illegal aliens. And so these are people that are foreigners. They, they're illegally in our country. And not only that, they try to loot and ransack after, in the aftermath of a natural disaster. I mean, they should be prosecuted, but they need to be sent back to their home country. They should not be here at all. That's why they hate him, folks. That's why they hate him. You notice they don't go after other Republicans who give wishy-washy press conferences like Larry Hogan and Sununu. You notice they don't do that? Because they toe the line, they dilly-dally around, put lipstick on stuff. Not DeSantis. That's why Ron DeSantis in the latest poll, I heard he's up 11 against Charlie Chris. I'm not sure it's going to be an 11-point victory in Florida. That would be a mammoth landslide. But that's why he's winning. I don't trust polls anyway. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. I want to show you one of the greatest New York Times fails on elections you will ever see in your life. And it only took, I think, a day. I think a day for the New York Times to face plant themselves so badly. This is a great story. Don't miss it. Before we get to that, protect your savings with Birch Gold. I do. The stock market's in turmoil. In one month, the stock market lost 10% of its value. Inflation's out of control due to out of control spending. You know what the Democrats' proposal is? To spend more. There's no question this is going to destroy the value of your saving through inflation, folks. Inflation is going to go up. Inflation, even if it stays where it is now, is going to eat away the value of your wallet. The only answer to that is for the Fed to raise interest rates, which they've been doing, which they've been doing, further stalling the economy. Protect your savings today. I protect mine with gold from Birch Gold, and you can do it too. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. If you're freaked out by the economy in the U.S. dollar, then text Dan, my first name, to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on securing your savings with gold. I'm a customer. I'm grateful that I am. My savings are protected. Birch Gold is legit. They've been around almost 20 years. They have five-star reviews and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out. Text Dan to 989898. Secure your future with gold. Do it today. Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. Past performance, not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Thanks, Birch Gold. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black in two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Here's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a New York Times story. This is a classic. I want you to note the date, okay? October 3rd, 2022. This is a story by the disgraced Stuart A. Thompson. Again, he writes for the New York Times, so saying disgraced is unnecessary. He writes for the Times. 
It's uh, wouldn't you say, guys, it's already implied. So needs to even say that. So the New York Times, anything involving elections right now or potential elections, malfeasance or companies involved in election, potentially involved in malfeasance, of course, is going to be covered by the New York Times as a conspiracy theory because the New York Times is trying to hide their own reporting from 2012 by Adam Liptak about the potential for fraud and mail-in ballotings because they want you to believe that Biden's election versus Trump was clean as a whistle and nothing happened. They're not a serious journalistic endeavor. So they wrote this story, Clown Show, Stuart A. Thompson, how a tiny elections company became a conspiracy theory target. It's about a company called Connick, K-O-N-N-E-C-H. And Thompson says, at an invitation-only conference in August at a secret location, southeast of Phoenix, a group of election deniers. What are you talking about, Hillary Clinton, Stacey Abrams? No, 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 we're talking about Republicans, of course. Forgets about the election deniers on the left. A group of election deniers unspooled a new conspiracy theory about the 2020 election outcome. Using threadbare evidence, of, or none at all, the group suggested, Joe, that a small American election software company, Connick, had secret ties to the Chinese Communist Party and had given the Chinese government backdoor access to personal data about 2 million poll workers in the United States. Hmm. Stuart Thompson. So just to be clear, Bozo the Clown Thompson, right? Tells you in his New York Times piece on October 3rd, 2022, just pay attention to the date that this Connect company, it's a conspiracy theory that they had secretized the Chinese Communist Party and gave China access to personal data. It's a conspiracy theory. Here is the New York Times. Just a day later, just one day later, Election software executive arrested on suspicion of theft. The executive Eugene Yu and his firm Connick have been the focus of attention among election deniers. George Gascon's office at the LA Liberal District Attorney said its investigators had found data stored in China. Holding the data there would violate Connick's contract with the county. Oh. <laughs> one one day. Just one day later. Who's the author? Stuart A. Thompson. Bozo. Total bozo. It, again, why do upwards of 85 to 90% of Republicans, large swaths of independents, and even a good pool of Democrats throw the New York Times if they see it in the toilet bowl after wiping their rumps with it? Because this is the kind of alleged reporting you get. This is what you get. They, oh, they line the birdcage. They don't even line the birdcage. They don't even like, it's not even worth your bird taking a dump on the New York Times. <laughs> so he does? Stuart, he said Stuart A. Thompson, Bozo the Clown, watches this show. He said he tweets about it once in a while. I don't know. I pay zero attention to this idiot. But there you go. It's a conspiracy theory, except when a liberal DA alleges the exact same thing the next day. <laughs> it's... Folks, it's too easy. It's like, here's the silver platter. I just serve up to you why these people are total D-bags. I just, right here. I just serve it right up to you. You take it. Take it and run with it. So I was sitting here this morning putting together the show. And it's nice. I got this nice lamp now so my eyes don't struggle anymore. You'd think like this operation, right? We get all these millions of listeners and stuff. We'd have this big, sophisticated thing, but I don't. I like to keep a homely feel to it. I do. We got a fan on a box over there. 
cheapo light I got online somewhere. Like, I'm putting together the show this morning, sitting here in the office. I enjoy the dark a little bit, a little bit of light, get to chill in the morning. I got up at 4.10 this morning. That's early. I fell asleep like 8.30, right? And I'm thinking to myself, head to desk, man. That's all I could keep thinking of because all these stories I had put together, some of them last night, some of them this morning, have the same theme. How liberalism is like figuratively banging your head on a desk and then wondering why your head hurts. In other words, you keep doing this really dumb thing, you know, head to desk, impact, force equals mass times acceleration. If you have a bigger head and you accelerate it faster, it's going to hurt because of more force. And then you wonder why your head is hurting you. And people are like, bro, you're smashing your head on the desk. That's liberalism. Here's what I mean. So you see liberals running around town. I see them all the time here, even in Martin County, Florida. They'll have their Mini Cooper or whatever. Um, and on the back of their Prius or whatever it may be, or their Mini Cooper, you'll see the Tolerance Coexist bumper stickers. Oh, yeah. They love that. They love the bumper stickers. Well, Joe, you'd never believe it, but segregation is back. Oh. It is, and the libs are loving it. Now, I'm going to do a racism check again. We have to do this once in a while. Uh, Gee, I'll go to you first. You are off to my left here. Um, is segregation a good or a bad thing? He says it's bad. Joe, um, let's get a, uh, a second opinion on Joe. Racial segregation, uh, good or bad? Racial segregation is bad, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. In uh, Jeopardy form, what is bad, Dan? Yes, yes, right. you would be correct. You would be absolutely correct. Racial segregation in other words, separating people by racial characteristics, is an unequivocal bad thing. Do we need to go over this? Uh, listen, I, I have a limited amount. Do, do we need to waste any more time? Okay, we don't. Good. I'm getting massive. We, everybody gets that. Um, liberals love it. No, come on, Dan. No, no, I'm serious. Post-millennial. Read it in the newsletter. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Read it yourself. Post-millennial. Racial segregation implemented for events at the University of Chicago. Open to BIPOC only. Uh, I don't know what that is. BIPOC, people of color or something. The event titled Race at Chicago, University of Chicago, is a BIPOC only space for honest discussions of navigating race at University of Chicago between new and old students. <laughs> Segregation. It's back. The left is like, yes, yes. Now, this is not even my story. I was out in the back before the show. I got to get sunlight in my eyes because it's dark in here because I got to wake up in the morning because we draw the shades. It's light outside. But I don't like it. So when I'm outside, show's usually over. Rarely I'll send another story. Geese said me this one. Goes, this is perfect for your segregation is back segment. Just found this. Newsweek. University of California, Berkeley, otherwise known as Berserkly, their law school has Jew-free zones. The latest progressive chat. No Jews allowed. No Jews allowed. Now, um, again, I'm going to go back and say that this has led to some really bad things um, in the history of humankind that started with Jew-free zones. I'm just going to throw that out there. Really, really, really. Be like on the bad scale. Like if here's a one, like bad, like you stubbed your toe. And like a five is like you lost a finger. And it's a one to 10 scale. This is a 10. This is a 10. Okay? Jew-free zones. Total freaking clown show on the left. And they're astonished that they're losing Hispanic voters, liberals, losing independents. 
You understand rich white liberals. Listen to me. Listen. Listen to me. Folks, take this to the bank and cash this freaking check. I'm telling you right now, the most I've seen it my entire adult life. The most racist people in the United States of America today, this is where I live and so I can are unquestionably rich white liberals. You want to see hardcore, blatant anti-Semitism and racism. Just go to a rich, wealthy, white liberal county. It's everywhere. Martha's Vineyard, we don't want them here. Illegals, I thought you loved your sanctuary city. Uh, Not when the brown people come in. Listen to the way rich, white liberals in Montgomery County, not too far from Joe. In Maryland, listen to the way they talk about black people. Oh, those people, they can't make decisions for their kids, school choice. Those, who are those people? The most racist people in the United States undoubtedly are rich white liberals. 100%. All right, I got another head desk story coming up next. Karine Jean-Pierre, she's back. She's back with more stupid, shockingly. Yes, it gets worse there too, but first... Joe Armacost's favorite sponsor of the show is he ah, loves his company, rockauto.com. Yeah. Joe's kind of a pretty good mechanic himself. So he shops at rockauto.com. They have a huge selection of auto parts made with respect, by respected manufacturers with brands you recognize and trust. You notice you go to these big famous stores online, a lot of stuff for sales actually from randos you never heard of. Well, listen, you don't want to buy a pacemaker for your chest or brake pads that could save your life for your car from an anonymous marketplace seller. Don't do it. Go to rockauto.com. They don't carry pacemakers. They do car parts. Auto parts is the only thing they do, and they do it better than anyone else because they've been selling them and related tools for more than 20 years. Rockauto.com, rockauto.com. Their unique online catalog makes it unbelievably easy to choose the correct parts to repair or maintain your car or truck. You don't have to be sophisticated online. The website is super easy. Rockauto.com, rockauto.com. Their prices are reliably low across the board. They don't mark up prices for classic cars or charge crazy car dealer markups for parts for newer cars. They don't do it. Get the parts you need at rockauto.com. When you check out, write Bongino in their How Did You Hear About Us box, please, so they know we sent you. We'd really appreciate that. They said, How Did You Hear About Us? Just type my last name in there. It means a lot to us, so they know we sent you over there. Thanks, rockauto.com. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electron. Payments Coalition. Okay, here's another one of those. Kareem Jean-Pierre. Any change in the rankings? Worst uh, press secretary in the history? Of the- no, no. He Ke- <laughs> said, "Joe, you any change?" <laughs> she's getting she's, worse. <laughs> she's getting right, right. Joe says, "Yes, there is a change." She's. Joe says she separated herself from the pack. She won by. She won by like forty or fifty steps in the sprint. She's now at a hundred, dude. Okay, Joe's changes rankings uh, for the better for her. Uh, for the worse for her. For the better for us. Here is Karine Jean-Pierre again. Peter Ducey uh, asks another great question. So Joe Biden, uh, the failed corrupt president, Tony Bobulinski, is now solidified as the most corrupt president in human history. Joe Biden wanted to take credit just a few weeks ago for a minor temporary dip in gas prices, which, by the way, is a good thing. I don't want people paying more for gas. I don't really care if Biden's in charge or not. I don't want you suffering. But I think we pretty much warned you that this is going to be temporary. 
because there are a number of supply disruptions on the horizon and Biden's doing nothing to increase domestic production. Well, another prescient prediction, sadly, is gas prices are now going up. So Ducey asked a fair question. How is it that Biden gets all the credit when they go down? But when they go up, you guys run from it and blame everybody else. Check out this answer. You said the president was responsible for gas prices coming down. Is the president responsible for gas prices going up? So it's a lot more nuance than that, right? Um, Peter, you know this. Folks, this administration is a joke. She's a joke. She's Again, she's... It's kind of a backhanded compliment, and I don't intend it that way to be like some virtue signaler. But she's just an incompetent liar, Karine Jean-Pierre. Saki was really good at it. Saki would have been, she would have been a good defense attorney defending a client they know is guilty. You know what I'm saying? She was a really yeah. gifted kind of wordsmith. She was. Yeah. Again, that's not a compliment. Karine Jean-Pierre is just really bad at this. So just to be clear, Biden takes credit for a temporary dip in prices. And then as prices start to go up again, in some places pretty dramatically, it's due to complex factors. Folks, nobody's falling for this. They're just, well, nobody outside of the liberal dunces who are back into segregation again, who are just morons. I mean, they believe in segregation. You think you're going to talk them into, you know, uh, talk them out of Biden and gas prices arguments? Forget it. These people believe in segregation. They're just malicious people, right? We can't take two more years of this. And by two more years of this, I mean Biden in charge of the White House and the Democrats in charge of the House and Senate. Again, caveat, asterisk, because I'm not the Pollyanna type, okay? I get it. Elections aren't going to change everything. Voting for Republicans in this election isn't going to U-turn everything right away. I'm simply telling you we live in a complicated world full of fallible people and really tough decisions. That's the whole field of ethics is the gray. We live in the gray. There is no black and white. Everything is gray. Everything important. We live in the gray. I need you to vote. If we can at least slow this guy down and take the House or the House or the Senate, or preferably both, we can at least slow this guy down. And that's the best we can do in a fallible world. But you better damn well get out there and vote. I don't know any other cute way to say it. Finally, Playbook has, uh, you know, left-wing lunatics over a political playbook. They had an actually pretty decent thought this morning in playbook. They covered how the senators on the Democrat side are starting to panic. Because, folks, they note senators don't want to serve in the minority. So as long as they're thinking whether it's worth devoting another years of their lives to re-election campaigns and six more years in the Senate, it helps to feel like you have some sway over the agenda. Here's what's going on. Senators on the Democrat side, now that Mehmet Oz, Herschel Walker... Um, and Blake Masters are moving up in their races, and Adam Laxall, too, even Tiffany Smiley in, in Washington. These are Republicans who are now creeping on their opponents. There's a pretty good likelihood the Republicans could take the Senate. Democrats don't want to serve in the minority. You lose chairmanships. You lose it. You can't push stuff to the floor anymore. Now, why would you want to serve in the minority if, number one, you'd have to work six more years and then you'd have to work in a really hard re-election. And they make another good point. So two points here. If we win the Senate back, it may push a lot of these people out of the Senate who are going to run for re-election. And incumbents always have the power. So you want incumbents out. One reason you should vote. Here's another one. This is super important. And it's actually a very good point, even though these people are lunatics. 
It says that it could be doubly disastrous if they lose the Senate, the Democrats. They'll have vanishingly few pickup opportunities next cycle. Texas and Florida top the list. You think those are pickups, you're in real trouble. So if Democrats lose the majority this year, folks, it's hard for them to imagine them getting it back in 2024. You have to remember, there's class one, class two, and class three. The House is up every two years. I know you know this, but some people may be new to politics. It's only fair to quickly go. The House, the, the Congress, uh, congressional seats are up every two years. Senate seats, a third, are up every two years. So the entire Senate doesn't change hands like the House could. The next cycle in 2024 is even worse for the Democrats. They have almost no competitive seats. Texas and Florida, you think that's your pickup opportunity? You better reevaluate that one. Could happen. I doubt it. Here's another pretty decent point from Playbook, even though they don't know the point they're making on this one. Talking about the House side, how the generic congressional ballot, it's a theoretical race. Generic, would you vote for a generic Republican congressman or a generic Democrat congressman? Pretty easy to figure out, right? They note that the Democrats are leading Republicans 46 to 43 with 12% undecided. Now, you may be saying, Dan, how's that good news? It's good news because the polling bias, this is probably closer to even. Democrats and Republicans on the House side, it's probably closer to 43, 43 with more undecided. You know, there's always polling bias built in. You may be saying fairly enough, well, how is that good? They're still even, Dan. We should be way ahead. We are. Folks, we are. Why? Because Democrats do a lot of vote wasting on the House side. Democrats tend to congregate in big cities, L.A., Chicago, New York. They win those races, Joe, 99 to 1. I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. Yeah. Here's the catch, Joe. You don't need 99 votes to win. You need 51. Right. Republicans are spread out. So if the congressional ballot, generic ballot is tied and the Republicans have more voting power because they don't waste as many votes and are more evenly spread out across suburbs and exurbs in the country, then the likelihood of us taking the House is even higher. Important point to note. Don't get caught up in the congressional ballot. It's not a Senate seat where they vote statewide. They vote in congressional districts. Democrats waste votes all the time. Because they choose to live together in big cities. Everybody knows that. So some good news. Um, all right. You know what? Let me get to my last sponsor. And I've got a, a bit of a depressing story. I know we've had some good news, bad news today. Uh, it's a depressing story about more studies coming out about the vaccine. It's extra depressing to me because, uh, as I've said before, candor and honesty matter. Biggest medical mistake of my life was getting the vaccine. When I got this cancer diagnosis, uh, just a huge mistake. Huge. I, I can't emphasize it enough. And it's becoming even more of a mistake as I read articles like the one you're going to see next by Dan Horowitz about more studies about the vaccine, which should be deeply concerning. Wish I didn't have to report this. All right. Uh, our last sponsor today, GetRefunds.com. If you own a business, it's been a bumpy ride. From the pandemic to inflation, I'm sure you could use a break. If your business has five or more employees and you manage to survive COVID, you could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. It's not a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. The challenge is getting your hands on it. How do you cut through the red tape and get your business the refund money? 
It's easy. Go to GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. Their team of tax attorneys they put together there are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program, and they've already returned $1 billion to businesses. They can help you, too. They do all the work with no charge up front, and you simply share in a percentage of the cash that they get for you. So they simply share in a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Businesses of all types can qualify, including those who took PPP, nonprofits, even those who had increases in sales. To find out if your business qualifies, it's easy. Again, go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and just answer a few questions. The payroll tax refund is only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. We are trying to get Dan Horowitz on my radio show today. Um, he is a friend. He's a writer at Conservative Review, and he's been a truth teller about some of the issues developing with the vaccine. He has a piece up in the newsletter today. Again, the newsletter is Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please follow us there. It is free. We won't spam your inbox. You will find this article there. It is worth your time. Five shocking new studies and data points that nuke the COVID shots. I don't have time to go through all five, but I'm going to go through the two I found most disturbing. Again, two new studies. Just really ugly stuff about the vaccine. Folks, one of the new studies is pointing to what Dan calls negative efficacy galore. I want you to understand before I quote him in this piece what negative efficacy of the vaccine means. At this study, and it's not all dispositive, we'll wait for some further science on it, but this study is damning, showing that after a period of time, you're actually more likely to get COVID if you've got a vaccine than you didn't. That's what negative efficacy means. He says, imagine engaging in societal apartheid and persecuting those who didn't get the jab on the assumption that they're spreaders of disease, but then discovering that, in fact, the opposite is true. Dan notes he's been reporting on negative efficacy for over a year already, but now we have a Kaiser Permanente study that shows negative efficacy of the vaccine shots against all variants within 150 days. The study shows the more you inject, the more you infect. Specifically over time, those with three doses fare far worse than those with two. There's a chart right there. If you'd like to look at it yourself, can you put it up? It's on the Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. It's also in the piece. Folks, there's the data. That's the science. Science is always evolving. Of course, data can change over time. We believe in actual science here. But we're going to report on it, despite uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of these... Uh, these, uh, these communist outlets like ScrewTube, even though we're not on YouTube anymore, um, their efforts to silence us. We're going to report the truth. Negative efficacy kind of defeats the purpose, no? Here's another shocking new study. You know, I've asked Dan this, and I'll ask him on the radio show if he comes on later. He'll be on this week regardless. Well, they keep saying, okay, maybe the vaccine doesn't stop the spread. Maybe negative efficacy after time, over time is true, but at least it protects you against death. Really? Harwood says, well, what about negative efficacy even against death? He says, well, at least the shots still work against critical illness, right? Wrong. Deaths have largely plummeted across all groups, given that Omicron is not nearly as pathogenic as previous versions of the virus. But he notes data continues to show the overwhelming number of deaths to be among the vaccinated. Let me say that again. But data continues to show the overwhelming number of deaths to be among the vaccinated. 
He notes, it turns out in the month of June, 92% of all COVID deaths in Canada were among the vaccinated. Even though they composed a slightly smaller percentage of the population, 85%. Even more telling is the fact that 81% of the deaths were among those who had three or more doses. Even though those individuals only account for 34% of the population. Folks. If you're watching this show and others and you're reading Dan's work and Steve Dace's work and Alex Berenson's work and you're watching Tucker Carlson and you're listening to Mark Levin and others, you're way ahead of the curve on this. Your health and your public health knowledge data set is going to be far greater and larger than the white upper crust racist liberals who want all this stuff banned and would rather die. They would rather die than learn the truth. One of the saddest public health calamities I've ever seen in my life. Say it again. Greatest regret of my life. And I'm embarrassed to tell you that. Should have thought that through, man. But you deserve the truth. Me pretending I'm somehow smarter or better than anyone else in this show and I'm not susceptible to stupid decisions is outrageously arrogant, stupid, and it's got no place in this show. All right, here's another one of those head desk stories I was talking about in the beginning of the show. Joe, you remember in 2009, we had just a small financial problem in the U.S., a couple houses and stuff. Defaults. Oh, yeah. Local. yeah, yeah it was a yeah. local thing, down the block. Joe was living, yeah, I think, yeah. in Arnold back then. A yep. couple people in his neighborhood had it, yeah. Uh, actually, it happened all over the globe. It was one of the largest financial crises in American history. Right. Uh, it was started by a bunch of uh, uh, collateralized debt obligations, credit default swaps and bad mortgage and bad mortgage books that blew out the financial market. It's called the housing crisis in 2009. Now, for you younger folks out there on the liberal side, you can go look it up. Why do I say liberal side? Because conservatives do their homework, liberals don't. It was bad. It was probably the worst financial crisis in U.S. history with the exception of the Depression. Now, it was caused by a bunch of credit default swaps, collateralized debt obligations. But behind all of those basically was a bet of bad books, bad mortgage books. In other words, they made loans to people who couldn't pay them back. That's it. That's what caused the proliferation cascade of negatives afterwards. People were lent money for homes that they couldn't pay back. Remember Ninja Loans, Joe? Ninja Loans. What do you mean? A ninja showed up at your house? No, no. It was an acronym. No income, no job, no assets. They were given loans with no income, yeah. no job, and no assets. Well, how are they going to pay them back? Exactly. That's the point. Those mortgages were packaged into all kinds of debt instruments, and they were protected against default by credit default swaps. So when the credit default swaps, in other words, insurance against defaults, started to go up, people started to know the problem. Because they said, if the housing market's going so great, then how is it that a bunch of these organizations involved in housing are having to pay more to insure their products? Like, that's weird. It's like saying Joe's the safest driver on planet Earth, and yet every insurance company he calls wants to charge him 7000 a month. Well, if he's so safe, what do they know we don't? The credit default swaps market, without going too knee-deep on how it works, you should watch that. Because as spreads go up and people have to pay more to insure against defaults in the housing market, that means they know something. Head desk. Here's a Reuters article. Today's date is October 5th. I'd like you to note the date on this one. October 3rd, 2022. Jacob Reyes from PolitiFact says that's four days ago. 
Sane people will tell you it's two. Reuters, UBS's credit default swaps hit decade high after Credit Suisse blowout. Hmm. Credit Suisse having a little bit of problem. UBS having a problem now too. Credit default swaps. Price of insuring your debt going up. Sounds to me like a little bit of a problem. Here's an article from January of 2022 about credit default swaps by CFI. Companies that traded in swaps, they're talking about the housing crisis here in 2009. Companies that traded in swaps were battered during the financial crisis. Since the market was unregulated, banks used swaps to insure complex financial products. Investors were no longer interested in buying swaps and banks began holding more capital and became risk averse in granting loans. Credit default swaps paid a darn big role in 2009, folks. Oh my gosh, look at this, Bloomberg, just two days ago. U.S. home prices now posting biggest monthly drops since 2009. Head desk for you audio listeners, video people, you got the hint? You see a problem here? Now, because we don't do alarmism, there's a lot of negative signs about the housing market and the potential of the recession. On the potential positive side, the loan books aren't nearly as bad as they were in 2009. There are lots of people now who, even if the housing market crashes, they have enough equity in their home that they're still cash positive. In other words, just a simple example. The price of your home plunges 25%, yet you own 75% of your home. You're still in decent shape. You're still cash positive in your home equity-wise. Also, a lot of homes were just bought in cash. So it doesn't really matter if the value goes down if you don't need to sell. You just hold it for a few years and wait for it to come back. That's on the positive side. But don't ignore the negative side either, folks. Because of this. Here's something way different than the situation we had in 2009. Fox News. National debt surpasses $31 trillion. We didn't have $31 trillion in debt in 2009, folks. Meaning interest rates are going to go up and up and up to get a hold of some of the inflation caused by this debt which means mortgages are going to get more and more and more expensive. Buckle down. Be smart with your money. All right, one last story I want to throw this in. Head desk segment here. So, uh, again, liberals just keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again. Racism, segregation, housing crises, accumulating debt we can't pay. They just keep doing the same dumb thing over again. So there isn't a dumber policy. Uh, according to just common sense rules of economics, anywhere on planet Earth than rent control. Rent is a market price for a product. If the government could control it, why can't they control the price of anything else? The answer is because price controls don't work. They cause decreased decrease supply, increased demand, quality problems, and black markets every time they're tried. So St. Paul thought they'd try rent control, and the Wall Street Journal says, yeah, they kind of figured out again the hard way for Joe, the... 12,456 time that this doesn't work. <laughs> so they know it's score half a point for the persuasive power of economic reality. The St. Paul City Council noted in its reform bill after they tried rent control that according to data from their housing department, there have only been 200 residential building permits in St. Paul through April of 2022 compared to 1,391 at the same point in 2021. The Wall Street Journal notes. Imagine that. So you tell developers, hey, you can build apartments. You just can't make any money off them. 
And shocker, Joe, what do they do? They don't build apartments. Stunning, (laughs) stunning, stunning economic development, folks. It's only the 12,400, and I say in 56th time that this has failed, but let's play it again, Sam. Head desk. Thank the Lord you're not a liberal. Really, not using his name in vain. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. I hate to bother you about it, but uh, Apple, Spotify, and most importantly on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. It's free, and it helps us stay on those charts and helps other people find the show. I think we were like number four or something last week on the top charts. Thanks to you. Please subscribe. We really appreciate it. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.